so I just want us to understand that even though there's six of us here and bless you Ben, but you're not a Kelly. Um, so even though there's just a couple of us here tonight, like this is still super formative um, and super important um, for what it looks like even for um, the five of us IEPUI students to still go on campus like tomorrow. Um, and then Ryan for you to head back to Elenco um, or at least back to Zoom Elenco um, tomorrow. So um, it's still important. Also, this is being recorded. So for the masses that wanted to be here tonight and could not, um, they will be able to view this later. Um, and so the whole idea behind CSF Scent is we're just talking about the biblical imperative for evangelism as Christians. So everyone here tonight, we are all Christians. Um, so we all believe on a personal level that that's really important for us. Um, but then we also know that scripture tells us um, with the Lord's final command before he ascends into heaven, he gives the great commission to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that he's commanded them. Um, and so we also get to do that and we get to share that with others, but it is super hard. Um, it's super difficult and it's really difficult to do um, I think one on a college campus, it can be really difficult, but then obviously in a corporate office it can also be super difficult. Um, so since we are such a small group, Ben, um, feel free to hop in on these questions as well, Emily as well. Um, and, and we can just have more of a group discussion. Um, but we're gonna walk through a couple just questions about what evangelism evangelism looks like in all of our lives, um, the parallels we see between the gospel and then the things that we're learning about business, um, if there are any. So just like creative ways that we um, can, can share the gospel with someone who's sitting in the classroom hearing the same lecture that we are. Um, any pro tips, any encouragement we would have for each other, uh, things that we've seen and gone down in flames, uh, like, hey, probably don't ever do that again. Um, or some things that have worked really, really well. Um, and then, yeah, just throughout, feel free to ask questions, press further with, with people. Um, and then at the end, uh, I have one girl that was with us last, last time we were together, just kind of said it would also be helpful to kind of talk a little bit about um, some responses that we might get to when we do share the gospel and how to respond to those. Um, because that can also be a really hard thing because like, all right, we can, we can get our testimony down or we can pick a few base scriptures and we can spend the first 10 minutes and we're just like totally oblivious to the person in front of us. And we're like, okay, here is the gospel. Now I've done it. And then they ask questions and we're not ready for that. And, and that can be really difficult depending on how they kind of respond. Um, so we're gonna look at several really common responses that we would see on campus um, and how we might respond to them. So we'll look at one of those tonight. So anyway, um, yeah, Rye, I'll start with you because you're in my, my top left-hand corner. Um, what is What does evangelism look like in your life? Successes, failures, challenges, all the good stuff. Yeah. Um... I think far, far too often evangelism in my life takes a passive role. Um, 
as far as I'm, I'm very cognizant of, you know, the fact that like, I'm a Christian and that a lot of people know that I'm a Christian. And so that they're, they're watching me and looking at the way in which I interact and things like that. And I'm not as often so passionate about actually like sharing the gospel. Um, and I think that like, I've, I've been thinking a lot about how, like, what does the gospel mean to me and how have I digested the gospel myself? Um, and, you know, oftentimes it's kind of the, the fear of questions or the, the fear that people will, will look at me oddly or the, the fear that, um, you know, honestly, that like, you know, maybe I'll, I'll find something which I don't know what to do with um, that often, often drives me away from sharing the gospel when, when in reality, if I've fully digested the gospel and, and know for a fact who Jesus is and, and what he's done for me. And if, if I've got that at my center and my core, as opposed to, um, you know, the next promotion or as opposed to, you know, if, if I want to be seen as smart um, or, or any of those things, if, if that's at my core, then it's going to be a lot harder to harder to share the gospel. Um, and so that's been something I've been working on a lot is how do I internalize the gospel myself so that I'm living it and breathing it. And it's a part of my everyday so that it's, it's becomes much easier to then share with others. Yeah. Um, Luke, I don't know what, are you, are you, are you still in school or are you out of school, man? Yeah, I just uh, finished up i last semester. So I am a junior now. Okay. Okay, cool. I totally pegged you as like, definitely graduated now. I thought you I were wish. <laughs> um, Wait, hold on, hold on. You, did you take, did you take i your fr- software year? Yeah. Yeah. I took it last year. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. It Still worked out best with my schedule. Super okay. Smart, okay. Getting ahead. I see that. Um, so Ryan, being the only one of us who is blessed enough to be out of college, um, can you speak just a little bit to kind of the challenges that were different from like being a Christian on campus versus like now being a Christian at Elenco um, and just how that's maybe changed? Yeah, I think one main challenge is just like, there's no just like down chill time, if that makes any sense. Um, and, and part of that's because I'm, I'm working in a virtual environment, right? So the, the only, only interactions I have with people are, if they're calling me with a specific question or if we're in a specific meeting to get something done. So there's no really time just hanging out, talking with people, things like that. And so, um, you know, I found oftentimes that's when the gospel would come up is after I'd built relationships or I was friends with people or I I knew them really well. And so that's been a huge transition um, of just like, you have to be so much more intentional because there's, there's so little time. And because everything is so regimented and, um, you know, it's all about your, your task or your project or your work or, or whatever, whatever will be. And then the rest of the time, you know, you're just, you're just cranking on your own. Um, and so I think that's been, been one of the most difficult changes of like, how, how can I bring Christianity? How can I bring the gospel into the way in which I interact with people during a meeting um, or, you know, in the way in which I, like communicate with people when I've done something wrong, you know, um, <laughs> I've been going through business plan and like a bunch of times people have come to me and said, Hey, your numbers don't make sense. And I look into it and realize that like I some sells wrong or something like that. And 
you know, like it would be really easy to kind of pass that off or to like find a way to lay blame at somebody else's feet or, um, you know, kind of push it under the rug. I mean, like, hey, you know, as a Christian, like I'm called to excellence, I'm called to, um, you know, honesty. And so just being like, I messed up and I own that and I fixed it and like moving forward. Um, so, you know, finding like little things like that um, in little ways like that to, to be a Christian in the workplace. That's awesome, man. Thanks. I'm going to call you when I hopefully get a job in May and be like, how do we do this again? Huh? Um, uh, Blake, what about you, brother? Yeah, definitely. So I'll be the first to admit that um, I definitely kind of struggle with evangelism, evangelism on like a personal level, um, but uh, especially doing it on my own without like a structure. Um, so personally having this platform of CSF being like a student leader with CSF has given me I'm a really big platform to, to kind of kind of spread, spread the word with people. Um, and, and like, I'm a really big planner guy. I like to, I like to plan out my messages. I like to know exactly what I'm going to say. And so those personal conversations, when you just meet somebody new or when you're talking to somebody one-on-one can be kind of scary for me. Um, but definitely with CSF, like talking at nights of worship, um, just being a life, a life group leader and, and stuff like that and being a student leader um, is definitely a big platform for me. And it's actually helped me um, really in, in, in those personal conversations. Um, and I find myself so it's kind of weird. So um, I find myself talking about the gospel and stuff better with larger groups. Um, and, and I don't know why that's just kind of weird for me. I, I don't know if it's because one-on-one, one-on-one talking about it can be like, I don't know, kind of awkward. I'm not awkward, but you just kind of think, Oh, what's he thinking of me? Like, is he going to ask questions? I think that's the biggest thing for me is, is if they come back with a question, I don't know what the answer to is that I don't want to look dumb um, and kind of reject them that way. Um, but yeah, so just, just having the platform, um, of CSF has really helped, but also I, I realized I needed to get better um, doing it on my own on my personal level, kind of without the title of, of CSF and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah. I think that's definitely solid. The, the part about like, yeah, what if he, what if he does ask me a question? What if I don't know the answer? Now I look like a stupid Christian who doesn't actually believe exactly. things <laughs> I just said that I believe. Um, yeah, for sure. That's, that's completely uh relatable and intimidating for sure yeah Uh, luke you are next on my screen awesome so my first corporate experience and can you guys hear me is it too quiet or we're good okay awesome um so my first corporate experience was this summer and um i I was lucky because it was more of a christian-based organization Uh, it's called medixcel um and they do facilities management uh and there every friday for about half an hour they would have a prayer gathering with all the people in the organization and so that was really cool for me to be able to go and see that kind of work in a business world. Um, and not only at that organization, but also there's a mentor of mine that, um, that I meet up with every so often. And he works um, at a corporation, which I shall not name just in case. <laughs> um, but he also holds, a, he holds like a book club, or like a Bible study um, with, a, with a group of guys that, are, um, that he works with. And so it was really cool to be able to shadow him. And uh, on that day, it happened to actually be a day that uh, he, they were holding a meeting for that. Um, and so that was really cool to see. Um, and so when you relate that back to evangelism, it's really cool to see um, that in the business world and really working because you can talk about it a lot all you want, you know, um, but really seeing it in the works um, is inspiring um, and also pushes me to do the same. Um, so kind of like what Blake said, um, I, I like to plan stuff a lot, but uh, Life Group has really helped me kind of come out of my shell and be able to kind of not necessarily think on the spot, but just be truthful and outgoing with um, the way that I present myself um, and how I'm a Christian. And so 
um, it's nice to be able, especially being the, the leader of a life group, to be able to kind of take that and bring it forward into these conversations that I have on a corporate level or just with people who maybe they're not even in the business field who just want to hear about it. Um, and so I think that it's been some really great experiences, both with my internship this summer, um, being a part of CSF uh, in a life group as a life group leader. Um, and all those things really come together and help me um, kind of break out of my shell and be able to have those one-on-one -on -one randomized conversations with people that maybe I wouldn't have had in the past. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, Emily and Ben, I didn't send you questions ahead of time, so I'm not gonna put you on the spot. But if either of you guys want to uh, talk about any of that, feel free to hop in right now, no pressure. Um, sure, yeah, I definitely relate to what I believe it was Blake said about um, being afraid that they'll come back with a question you cannot answer and looking stupid in front of people that you're supposed to be witnessing to. Um, I'm not sure. I, I feel like that's a specific um, Christian struggle, maybe. I, I don't want to box it in as that, but it's so much easier when you are atheist or agnostic, et cetera, to not know the answer than when you're a Christian, because it's, it just feels like you should know everything if you're going against such a mainstream idea of, um, um, that atheism presents. So I, I definitely agree that it's very intimidating not to have an answer. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Amy, you got any thoughts? Um, I don't have a whole lot to say, um, but I think a couple of thoughts are like how, like, I think we all understand why to do evangelism. So like how to do evangelism is a lot harder, um, which I guess is why we're here. So I appreciate that. Um, and then the other thing is like how to do evangelism, like right now in such a virtual environment, um, is challenging and like no one has all the answers to that but if anyone has ideas i'm interested in hearing them for sure Alyssa, i think um something i would say that i realized like when i got out of college and started in um my corporate job was how my language changed um and the fact that i feel like I, especially within christian circles there's kind of like a culture you know and um, you ask somebody how their, how their weekend was when you see them on a Monday and they tell you, oh, you know, like I went to church and I volunteered with, um, you know, like my youth group or, you know, they tell you about something hard that happened in their life. And, you know, the response is like, oh, well, I'll be praying for you about that. And I found that like, when I went into corporate America and people asked me how my weekend was, like, I would talk about, you know, like, oh, well, you know, I went over to my dad's house and we went fishing or I watched the Colts game. Um, you know, or like if somebody shared, oh man, like this, you know my wife and I were, were trying to sell our house and like all this stuff and, you know, just be like, Oh, well, you know, keep me updated. Like, you know, I'm sure that's a big deal type thing. And I kind of realized a few weeks ago, like, man, like why, why did that change? Right. And so trying to try and just be a lot more open. If someone asked me like, Hey, what'd you do last night? Be like, you know, I went to a Bible study last night. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a part of a men's Bible study or someone shares something and be like, Hey, I'm going to be praying for you about that. Um, and, you know, even just being like upfront and honest about those things, um, like at first it was really hard and I was like, why is this hard? <laughs> this shouldn't be hard at all. But I found that, um, when I found myself in a new scenario and in a new culture, um, where that wasn't the norm and where I didn't experience other people doing that, um, I kind of like 
shut off um, that that portion of my life. Um, and so it was really being like, hey, I need to be open about that because that that is who I am and this is what I'm actually doing. Um, and so, and that's been really cool because as I've shared things like that, I've found out other people are being like, oh, you know, I also am a part of this Bible study. And then like, we have a conversation about it and it turns out we're both Christians. So. That's, the best. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so that kind of, he kind of just like answered Emily's question. So we'll just like jive right into that. Um, if you guys are cool. Um, so it's to Emily's question. What are practical ways? Like, how do we actually do the thing? We know it's important. How do we do it? Um, and so within that, maybe how do we do it with our business peers? Um, and do we see any parallels between business, like our business curriculum and um, evangelism? And the reason that I say that, that sounds like it might be a loaded question. Um, so I'll unpack what that load is. Um, just that like when we have a professor who is probably secular standing at the front of the room and all of the kids in that classroom are hearing the same thing um, and we're having to study the same thing, that like automatically creates a level playing field that we know they have to understand. They don't have to understand it for the sake of the gospel, but they do have to understand it for the sake of the next test. Um, and so we can tap into that mutual understanding about something that is not secular and is not religious, but like we have got the exact same information about this thing. Now, let me tell you how it relates to this other much larger, much more important thing that is the gospel. Um, so that's, that's why I ask that question because I think that can be a really easy avenue because we don't have to spend a whole lot of time bringing them to a level playing field. Our professors are already doing it for us. Um, yeah, so with that being said, um, just any ideas on any of those things, just pro tips on, on how you do evangelism in your life, um, or even if you've read a book or heard an inspiring person who does it really well, um, you can also definitely speak from those places too. And I'll just leave that open to the group. I won't, I won't call on you because I don't know who's thinking right now. So I will say um, last year I got the really cool opportunity to talk to the Dean's Council um, through the ambassadorship um, at, I, at IUPUI through Kelly or whatever. Um, and that was a super cool experience. And uh, I kind of just talked. So I, I owe a lot of like my college life and what I do and how well college has so far gone for me um, to CSF and what we've been able to do through CSF. Um, and so obviously I talked about that in my speech um, and I didn't really think a whole lot about it, I guess, um, talking about my faith in front of, you know, 20 or 30 different Dean's Council people that I'd never met before. Um, and so I was leaving, I got to leave early, thank goodness, because it was like a four hour event. Um, and uh, and uh, as I was leaving, somebody stopped me on my way out and they said, uh, hey, hey, man, I really appreciate you talking about your faith. It's, it's um, you don't really hear that a lot. Um, and so that was really cool to hear from him, but I, I didn't even realize I had done it really until he stopped me. Um, and so um, like in that moment, in that conversation with him, I realized, oh, you know, it's, I mean, it can be difficult um, to, you know, think about trying to evangelize and share your faith with other people, but um, I just got to go for it. And so that's what I've been trying to do is go for it and, you know, invite people to life group, invite people to come to our nights of worship um, and invite them to, 
you know, anything that we're having, anything that I might be at, just, you know, to give them like a nice entry or, um, you know, help them understand or, um, you know, show them where my viewpoints come from and what's so great about it, um, what's so amazing about the word of God. Um, and, uh, you know, CSF is amazing, but the word of God is, you know, I mean, it is, <laughs> it's amazing. And so um, being able to share that with other people through, um, through the business field, whether it be through a speech or a presentation or just talking to them on the side privately um, is, is a really great experience. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Alyssa, I think um, one of the biggest things which, which I've been going through is um, like, especially at the start of your career, there's, there's a huge desire to want to appear excellent um right like you you want to come in you want to impress your boss you want to like set up one-on-ones with the right people you want to like get your mentors who you know are going to like pull you up through the company and like all of these things and it's like it's super stressful um and it's been really interesting as I've been talking to friends and colleagues and um who you know some some Christian some not Christian kind of who are all all in the same same place of starting their careers and like it's very interesting how, you know, all of us have that push for excellence. Um, and, and I've been talking with, um, I've actually been really blessed. One of the um, older bosses at my company, he's a Christian. So he's kind of taking me on in a mentor role. And I asked him about this the other day and he said, you know, like if your push for excellence is coming to promote your own name, he was like, it's, it's going to be a really long, hard road. And he said, but as a Christian, like we should be pushing for excellence because we're Christians and because we're called to excellence by God. And he, he mentioned the verse that's like, you know, Jesus is like, hey, come to me because because my my yoke is, is easy and my burden is light. Right. And, you know, I find myself I've got the same burden as my non-Christian friends. We're both striving for excellence, um, but I'm striving for excellence because that's what I'm called to do as a Christian, because I want to make Jesus great. And so not that I do that perfectly, because there's a lot of times where, where I'm trying to make me look great. Um, but I find that on the whole, like, it's way less stressful, you know, when stuff goes wrong and, um, you know, and you feel like you're messing up, like, it's way less stressful than, than my colleagues who are doing it all just to make themselves look great. Um, and so it's kind of interesting how we're running parallel paths, but we're doing it for different reasons. And so the, the end result, the, the personal stress on ourselves is, is completely different. Yeah, that was, that was cool. I've never thought of it that way. That was, that was a good example. Yeah. Yeah, I would say I would say for me. So this isn't really like in like a classroom setting, but it was IUPUI. So I'll never forget this. Last year, um, I started to work at the testing center. Um, I'm sure many of you have taken some some tests there, but uh, um, it was my first day, and I was working with this other guys. Um, this other guy that was working there, and uh, first time I met the guy, um, we were like we we introduced each other, and then he was like do you go to church? And I was like, well, yeah, I go to church. Like, this isn't something I normally, this isn't the second thing I normally talk to people about. And I was like, it struck me that this was like super cool. And like, I don't know, it's just, it just made it seem really simple. And like, it wasn't really forced or anything. So um, just that kind of little example there kind of, kind of sparked it for me. And, and just to show like, Hey, this doesn't have to be like some big thing. You can just simply ask somebody a question. And then he ended up inviting me. I think he went to the other, um, uh, I don't know what it's called on campus, like overtime or, or something like that. He, he was a big, um, he was up in that. Um, but yeah, so he invited me to, I think it was a, a Christian Super Bowl party or something like that. Um, yeah. And it was just super cool. And it just, it was like kind of an awakening moment for me to be like, Hey, it doesn't have nothing. It doesn't have to be like some big 
some big display of, of, of your faith. It just can be a simple question that can spark, spark interest. So yeah, so that was really, that was a really cool experience for me. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I totally geeked out. You guys are going to think I'm a geek after this, but um, I'm getting an economics minor and, and um, I'm in money and banking right now. Um, so sorry if you're not like a finance or accounting major, but um, a couple of weeks ago, our professor was talking about fiat money, um, which is the beautiful green dollar bills that we have today. Um, so like through, I think like the seventies or so, our monies were anchored by gold standards. Today they're not, um, they're anchored actually off of the mutual understanding and trust that the person we give that to will count it as the worth seen on the dollar bill. Um, and so I just like, I totally geeked out as a Christian and also as a finance major in that moment because I was like, gospel. Um, and like, for me, that was like a parallel of like, dude, let's talk about the bottom line. Um, and, and it doesn't matter if you're in finance or if you're an economist or if you're any other person in the business world, we as business students know that the whole purpose of a company is to increase profit to the shareholder. Um, and that all comes in that bottom line. Um, but what that bottom line is made up of is a mutual understanding that someone's going to see whatever those numbers are in that bank account or whatever numbers those are, you know, in, in your stock holdings account or at the end of your balance sheet, like it's an understanding that that actually has worth or value. Like someone is gonna trust that that actually means something. Um, and just in the same way, like, man, let's talk about faith in the Lord and like faith in salvation, especially for those of us who like obviously didn't have the joyous opportunity to like, see Jesus face to face like we just have to trust that what we see in scripture is actually what's going to happen and what has happened um so that is a parallel that I have seen um just recently between like what I'm learning about money um and and finance and and business and how that relates um to the gospel it would be kind of weird though I don't, I don't really know how I'd work that into conversation. Like, hey, man, do you hear those notes about fiat? you hear about fiat? Fiat money. Also, Jesus. Believe in him. <laughs> um, anyway, so anybody else? Uh, anybody else got pro tips about what it looks like, the how of, of evangelism? Anybody got tips on how not? Those can sometimes be just as useful. Probably no signs and screaming in Taylor Courtyard, I think. I was I was just about to say that. That's probably That's a, a, a no-go. That's a go-to. <laughs> yeah. I think our students are aware of that opportunity. Um, yeah. I would say um, I was I was listening. 
I've read this many places. I was listening to a guy talk about this a couple of weeks ago, but also food. Like, come on, like college students love food. Um, so I think whether it is like just to get to know a person, because I think if we pay close enough attention uh, to the things that people say, even as Ryan was talking about, like just, just hearing someone say like, life is terrible and my mom is sick or someone that I know has COVID, um, being able to respond in that moment by saying, hey man, I'm gonna pray for you. Like, I'll, I'll pray for you. Like, that sounds really tough. I'll pray for you. Even opening up that really small door um, is super important. And it's really easy to facilitate conversation over a meal. Um, it's, people are a lot less stressed when they have something in their hands, um, even if you don't know them super well. Um, and so, that's something that I've used a couple of times this semester. I've just like asked people to come grab coffee with me or go grab a meal with me. Um, and it has been pretty cool just to see like where conversation, where conversation has naturally led. Um, but yeah, food, what, what person on the planet, but also what college student specifically doesn't want to just go eat always. Um, so that's, that's always a good, a good option. I think too, something um, that I've found very interesting is there's a lot happening in current events right now. And um, like Christians in the Bible are called to have a very unique perspective on what is happening in the world. And, um, you know, I think that, you know, like just the election, for instance, right? Like people on both sides, their stance is pretty much like, hey, if the other side wins, like the world's going to fall apart. Um, and, you know, as a Christian, like no matter which side you fall on or who you're going to vote for like the Bible says, Hey, that's not your ultimate hope. Like, you know, and so while as Christians, I think we should definitely be engaged politically and like, we should definitely know who we're going to vote for and why we're going to vote for them and, and things like that. Like at the end of the day, you know, if you're in a conversation and somebody's just expressing a lot of concern or a lot of distress over it, you know, we can be like, you know, I, I hear you and I feel that and there's a lot that's really going on, but hey, let me tell you, like, I'm okay because my hope's not in this world. Like my hope's not in, in who my president is, my hope's not in who my governor is or my senator or any of those things. Like, you know, my hope is in Jesus and like, that's not gonna change whoever's in the White House, you know? And like, that's a really unique opportunity and, and people will look at you really oddly, but I think, you know, there's tons of things happening in the world right now, whether it be, you know, the, the forest fires in California and, and how we respond to those or whether it be race issues. And, you know, as Christians, like, hey, we believe everybody's made in God's image. So like, we value people way more than, than you know, if everyone just happened to evolve, um, you know, like we should have way more value on life and things like that or, or politics and our, our stance on that. Like all these different things provide all these avenues um, to bring up the fact that we're Christians and to bring up how it affects our, our worldview. And I think like, our coworkers and our friends and our classmates are bringing these things up because they're, they're all around us right now. So every one of those provides an opportunity to share the gospel. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, we can come back to that. I wanted to touch on another kind of struggle or just question that both Emily and Ryan have chatted about. Um, how do we, how do we connect with people? Um, in a virtual environment. Um, you can't, it's kind of awkward to grab a meal with someone on Zoom. 
right? Um, so yeah, what is it? What does it look like to actually make meaningful connections, even on just a general relational level? Because we we do believe that relationships are pretty important uh, to to sharing the gospel, um, but also just on on a on a faith level, on an evangelism level. So it adds that extra level definitely of difficulty in there. It's, it's hard to be, you know, behind a screen with somebody, but it also kind of adds another angle, um, another angle of entrance in that it, it doesn't, you know, it, instead of having to try to work up the courage to go talk face to face with somebody, it's more of a, Hey, you want to zoom real fast and have lunch and talk about God? Like, like it's all behind a screen. And like, usually I would like to do things face to face personally. Um, but for people who might not might be more introverted or a little bit more shy about things like that, it, it, it adds that level of simplicity and trying to um, trying to talk to talk to God um, to people even in a virtual setting. Um, and uh, I don't know. I think I think that you can look at it one way and say, "Oh man, this stinks. I can't do anything." Or you can look at it another way and say, "You know what? It stinks. I'm not going to be face to face with this person." But I'm going to take advantage of the resources that I have in my hands and do my best with it. Um, and that can be seen whether you want to just reach out to a friend that you've been wanting to talk to for a while, or maybe you're with a team that you've never met before. Um, and, you know, you guys happen to have a meeting, whether, I mean, maybe an I-Corps or something, and you guys are talking and talking and you're like, oh, what are you doing this weekend? Oh, I'm going to, uh, to this event. You want to come? It's through my, through my Bible study or something. Um, so you have that ability to um, speak to people, even though it's not face-to-face. Yeah, I think you also have the you also run the um, possibility of reaching more people um, just because more people would feel more comfortable, like especially for our life group, as for an example, um, me, Michael, Tim and Isaac have all ran a life group for the past couple of years. And we've noticed this is this this year has been the first year we've done one uh, virtually, all virtually. And we've had so many more people um, join our life group. Um, I don't know if that's because um, it's more convenient or whatever, but uh, um I think people are just comfortable um, being in their own in their own comfortable environment, and if you can reach people in their own environment, um, that's still bringing a positive impact to people. Um, so just being able to spread spread the gospel from from anywhere on, on, in the world is 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 a, is a pretty uh, positive impact too. So uh, it's just been really cool seeing everybody that um, we've had um, kind of join our life group virtually, and so it's been it's been interesting at times, but it's been it's been super cool as well. Any other thoughts on that one? I just have my, go ahead, go ahead. I was just gonna say, something which makes people feel really valued is if you remember stuff about them. Um, And like, you know, I've got like my notebook, which I, I keep all my work notes in from what I'm supposed to do. And I've started like in meetings, usually like the first two minutes while we're waiting for everybody to show up, people just be chatting about their life or whatever. And like, I've started taking some notes on that. And then, you know, maybe I've got a meeting with them later and I can ask them like, Hey, you mentioned that you were going to visit your like parents this weekend. Like, how did that go? Um, You know, things like that. And just like in a virtual setting, I've not met any of my coworkers in person um, at this point. I've only been to the office once, which was to pick up my computer. Like um, sometimes I go to Nathan Cunningham's house and we have work dates where we both just sit on our computers all day just so we can see people. Um, and so like going that extra mile of like, 
actually writing stuff down about people so that you can bring it up later, I feel like has gone a long way to helping me create relationships in a virtual setting. Yeah, that's that's really good. I was um, I was at an event on this past Sunday night talking to actually the owner of Needhammer um, coffee shop out on the east side. If you don't Love know. that place. Um, super cool guy, just like loves the Lord and loves business and loves the east side of Indianapolis. Um, and yeah, he I asked him that that question too. I was like, dude. He's like, he's telling me about how awesome it is to like be the boss man and get to set the company culture. And I was like, okay, well, what happens when you're not the boss man and you just like popped out of college and you're like starting at the bottom and you're like, I don't control anything or anyone. Like I hang out with Excel spreadsheets. That's what I do. Um, I was like, how do I still, how do I still like create a gospel centered culture, at least in the relationships that I get to influence. Um, granted, he did not give me a virtual answer, but this is what he said and it, it really connects with what Ryan said, but he did say like, hey, like when you see somebody stand up and like go grab coffee, that's a good time for you to decide that it's time for you to get some more coffee too. And you conveniently bump into them next to the coffee pot, not physically, but you know, and you're like, oh, hey, like, how are you doing? What's going on? You follow up on that thing that you heard them talk about last week and you ask really good questions. And that was kind of the whole, the whole point of what he said was just like, ask good questions, like listen to people. Um, and I, I think we may all do this to a level. I've gotten a little bit better at asking questions, but I'm still kind of the spaz that like, I will go to like a career event or I did this last night, I was at a networking event and I would ask someone their name or ask them a question and then it would just completely zone out and not hear anything they say. You know, and then you get around to like making those emails and you're like, I have no idea what your name is or what you do at this company. Um, so not just asking you questions, but also, also listening super well and following up when you have a shot. Um, so I don't know how you bump into them on email. That'd be kind of hard. Um, and you gotta be pretty intentional about Zoom IDs. So, um, but yeah, at least hopefully soon when we get back into the office, um, go get the coffee or conveniently, you know, like if you're an IPY student and you're walking out of class and you are parked in Blackford, but the person that you wanna talk to is parked in the sports garage. Well, today you're walking to the sports garage and then you're walking all the way back to Blackford. Um, those kinds of things to just like go out of your way um, to spend to spend time with people and to, to go the extra mile with them. Um, one other off the wall question that like, as I've spent time in Kelly and also time in the word has just been a, been a question and kind of a wrestling thing for me as a business person is like, what do we do as Christians with the whole part of the Bible <laughs> that compels us to not be consumed with money and then work for people and organizations that are consumed with money um, and can make super shady character decisions or, or whatever for the basis of money or, you know, we see, we see even with like tax code and that kind of stuff. 
um, with some current prominent people who are doing debates these days. Um, they like, we don't know about taxes and that kind of stuff, but it's like, we all have a level of understanding of tax code and you, you may be able to, to get around that tax code, but is, is it still ethical kind of thing? Um, so where's the balance between the gospel just constantly telling us to not be so consumed with money and then walking into the workplace and working for people who ask us to be consumed with our bottom lines? Um, what do we do about that? Uh, so a few years ago, I went to my grandparents' church, and their pastor there um, had a really amazing um, sermon on money and the Bible. Um, and to be honest, I don't remember a whole lot of it, um, but a little more on that. Basically, when, when I think of, you know, trying to get as much money as I can so I can support my family, so I can, you know, go on these trips or buy a nice car or support my, you know, my future family or whatever, um, I think back to that and maybe I don't remember exactly, you know, what he said, but the gist of it basically um, stuck with me um, and, you know, don't, don't consume yourself with money. You know, you can, you can build all that capital that you want. You can have billions of dollars, but you can't take any of that with you. Um, and along with that also not, you know, being in this virtual setting, not being able to see all the people that, um, that I, that I uh, want to see or hang out with, um, is disappointing, but I also remember, you know, when I get that opportunity to meet somebody, um, it reminds me, um, you know, take time off. Don't chase that money all the time. Don't, you know, don't work that, you know, hundred hour weeks, just trying to get the extra buck or, you know, 40 hours of overtime or whatever, take some time out and be present in the moment with your family and your friends and those people that you want to talk to and hang out with. Uh, because ultimately those relationships that you build and that love that you have with those people is going to matter more than a single dollar that you make. I think, man, it's, it's hard to listen. Like I'm, I'm going to be honest, payday is coming up here on the, on the 16th. And uh, you know, if it, if it wasn't for that payday every two weeks, like I, I wouldn't be working at Alenco, you know what I mean? Um, and so it's really hard when like, you know, that's, that's the truth of the matter, uh, to not become all, all consumed by that. Um, and like, um, I think, man, I mean, it's also kind of funny how like immune I've become to money. Like the other day I was looking at something and I was like, oh, my number's only 300,000 off. Like, that's totally fine that's, that's, that's within margin. We can submit that. And then I thought to myself, I was like, wait, that's $300,000. Like that's a ton of money. Um, but you know, like in, in the corporate world, like, you know, that's just, that's rounding error. You just, you just submit that and, and keep going. Um, and so I think something that's been, been really important to me here, especially is like, it can be really easy to try to set myself up for financial success and think a lot about, you know, Hey, like, I'm young right now. I don't have the expenses of kids or like a house or like, you know, any of that. So like, Hey, let's like invest my money and let's like do all these things with my money. And like, you know, at the same time, like, you know, I'm diligently scouring the internet for investment opportunities. Like I should also be diligently scouring the internet for like awesome causes to, to donate to and um, to like give money to and things like that. And like, 
man, it's hard when <laughs> my paycheck comes in and I already see how much comes out in taxes and how much comes out in my insurance policy and like, you know, how much goes to my car and everything. And then to like send out another huge check to my church or, or to other, you know, organizations and things like that. And um, I think it's just really important to say like, every time you do that, like two things, like one is that money is, is God's to begin with. And like two, I trust that God's going to do something cooler with that money than I would ever be able to do for myself. Um, and so like, that's just been something which I've kept like reminding myself of. So. Ryan, I'll say that that was the most shocking part of being in finance for the first time was when I was like building a budget and it was like $220,000. He's like, oh, we'll just round it to the nearest hundred thousand. I was like, that's $20,000. <laughs> yeah. Just like round that to my next paycheck, please. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> please any other thoughts yeah well with our last like 13 minutes um i'll, I'll cut us off uh 30 minutes early um because sleep is good um but yeah with, with the last couple of minutes let's just um, I was going to ask about a different response, but we kind of already touched on one um, at the beginning. So what do we do? <laughs> what do we do when we are having that one-on-one -on -one conversation and they ask the question that we don't have the answer to? Um, or that there maybe isn't a clear answer on. Um, and feel free to take a second to think about this because um, I know that several of us pose this question. Um, but then also feel free to take a second and think about scripture. Um, we, we also know that all of scripture is good for uh, teaching and correcting. And so we've gotten the insight from the word. That'd be a pretty solid place to turn. Um, but what do we do? What do we do when we don't know the answer? I mean, first thing, don't make stuff up. <laughs> Amen. That, that's true for all of life um not not just the gospel but especially about the gospel don't just make stuff up yeah i just yeah, actually I have a personal experience oh sorry go ahead luke no you go ahead man all you no i was gonna say actually um me and me and michael actually kind of have a personal experience with this so our, our freshman year we had a life group and we had somebody join our life group who wasn't actually like um he wasn't as strong in his faith as, as what the rest of us were so he, he would constantly question question us and, and most of the questions were like these are really deep like I have no idea how to answer these and luckily we had somebody else in our life group that like knew every question you had to answer every question and I was just like if we didn't have this person like I don't know how this person would be reacting right now like I don't I don't know so as I've definitely been in that situation before and it's it's definitely it's definitely difficult for sure I, I think it's something I've tried to do a little bit a little bit more is instead of giving those answers that you know are just completely you have no idea, but you're just spewing stuff out to say something, um, learning to say, I don't know, um, and accepting that it's okay to not know something. Because, um, I mean, we can't know everything. It's, I mean, it's impossible. I, I don't understand most of physics, you know. <laughs> um, so it, it's okay not to know these really deep-rooted questions about the Bible and the gospel. Um, and honestly, we, we won't know everything um, about the Bible or the gospel. There are some things that um, are, are there for God to sort out. Um, but we, we do our best as Christians to try to bring people to God as God commands us to do. And so 
being able to say, I don't know, and being humble in that aspect, but being saying, you know, I don't know, but maybe somebody else knows, or maybe, maybe Andrew knows, Andrew probably knows, um, or so, something like that um, has, has been my biggest focus in trying to answer those questions that I, I, I honestly don't know. I think another thing like is <clears throat> if somebody's like genuinely, genuinely wondering and asking, like invite them to join you in the search. Um, you know what I mean? Like it, it's super easy to be like, Hey, you know, like, I don't really know the answer. Here's some starting points of what I've got. Like, let's get back together in a day or two. Like, let's both look into this. Let's see what we find. And like, you know, and then let's talk about it. Um, and that helps engage them because I, I think, when people become active participants in, in the search for Jesus and in the search for truth, like, man, that's super powerful. Um, and so that's almost even a more powerful and unique opportunity than, than if you just sit there and say, well, you know, here's fact A and fact B and fact C. And, you know, they just sit there and hear all of it. Like if, if you can get to, them to engage in that um, search, like that's, that's, that's going to be really powerful and really life-changing. Yeah, yeah I'm kind of piggybacking. Oh, sorry, Alyssa. I keep talking over everybody. <laughs> no, you're good. Um, that just made me think about the scriptural reference. Um, John 4, the story of the woman at the well, and she has this experience with Jesus, and he reveals himself to her, and she runs back into the city and starts to, to witness to the city of Samaria, and they're like, we, we believe in him because of what you've told us. And then they beg Jesus to stay with him. So he stays for two more days. And at the end of those two days, they say, well, we, we believed because you had told us, but now we believe because we've seen him ourselves." Um, and how much deeper that belief had to have been that they had seen and witnessed Jesus on a personal level with himself. So, um, yeah, absolutely, Ryan. Like, it's one thing for a Christian to say it. It's another thing for them to sit down in front of the Bible and make those decisions for themselves and interact on their own with Jesus and come to those truth conclusions um, on their own. Yeah, and I was just going to piggyback off what Ryan said, not to be cliche or anything, but I was going to say almost the, the search is almost as, as important as the answer, you know. So just, just searching for something may lead to something else. So you never know never know what, what, what you might end up searching for after you find the answer to the first question, but, uh, but yeah, so it can be, be uh, helpful to, to just do that. Yeah. Yeah, Ben and Emily, I want to invite you guys again into that. Um, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I yeah. mean, I, I definitely agree. A discussion is so much more important and so much more impactful than a debate. Um, it's much more productive and it's more civil. I think, I don't know how you guys do with this, but I'm quite an argumentative person. And so when someone starts challenging something that I say, even if I'm like kind of just spewing stuff out, like Luke was saying, just like not really sure of my answer, but I said something to say something. And then they're like, well, what about this? I get super defensive about something I don't even believe. So it's, it's so much easier to sit down and have a discussion like, um, someone mentioned at some point um, eating is a great time to do that just psychologically there when you're eating you're a lot more relaxed um, you feel safe um, and so trying to find opportunities where you can actually have a true interaction with someone as opposed to a, dis a just a 
debate of ideas. Absolutely. The only thing I would add is, um, I think sometimes like not knowing an answer to a question can be a good opportunity to sort of like, I guess this is a bit of a cop out, but like to ask them like, why is that important to you? And like get below the surface of the question that they're asking. Um, because like, if it is something sort of surface level or just like a really typical challenge to the Bible or something like there's probably something in their heart that is leading them to question it. Um, so I think there's room for deeper conversation there, but also like there's value in finding the answer for the person if you don't know it, like not to just totally ignore their question either. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sorry. I'm I'm writing things down. This is good. Um, do you guys have any more um, any more thoughts, questions, comments? If not, I will. Yeah, just yeah. Go oh, ahead. I was gonna say just to like piggyback off Emily. It's so cool how people ask the questions they want answers to, and sometimes they're not actually questions. It's a challenge, like. I hate how Christianity does this because of X, Y, Z. And it's like, eh, no, you just hate it. Um, and so it's just very interesting how when you really, like I was saying, get into a discussion with someone, they become a lot more open to their personal beliefs as opposed to beliefs that they hold, which is a massive difference. Yeah. Yeah, nothing else. I will... Uh... I'll pray us out um, for a wonderful Wednesday evening. So let us pray. Um, God, you're good. Thank you for the gospel that we get to share. Um, thank you that you have provided the good news to each of us. Um, and thank you that you are still working out the gospel in all of our lives. Um, God, I just pray for each of us. Um, as we step back into classrooms at IPUI or Zoom rooms or back uh, to work at Elenco, um, God, give us wisdom and give us opportunities. Um, Lord, we have the good news and um, give us wisdom and boldness um, to share it as we ought to. Um, Father, I pray that, um, yeah, that we would just have a super solid week. Give us eyes to see those opportunities, ears to hear them. Um, and Lord, remind us that that you have truth and you have the answer and you alone have the power to save. And so it's not by anything that we will actually ever say or do, um, but by you alone. So the pressure is off and that is awesome. Um, Father, thank you for this evening. Thank you for these incredible people um, in this conversation. Um, Lord, I pray that you would just lead us into, into further wisdom about how to share this faith. Um, and it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.